21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Uh, so Lance, what are the core values of being a good teammate that you wow. emphasize actually in your course and in your book? Yeah, I think it provides a great framework because one of the mistakes that, that any leader makes is they try to, uh, they insist on people on their team and they're under their charge being good teammates. They try to incentivize this concept of being a good team, but they don't really define it. And it really, that leads to team failures, no matter what type of team it is. So what I like to say, you know, anyone can be a good teammate. You don't have to be tall or fast or strong or good looking or you don't even have to be intelligent. I like to say you just need to be alive. Yes, there's duality there that anybody with a pulse can choose to be a good teammate. But ALIVE is an acronym. It stands for those five key behaviors that define a good teammate. And ALIVE stands for active, loyal, invested, viral, and empathetic. means you take action when you see a problem. You don't blame, shame, or complain. You act on it. Uh, L is loyal. And loyalty, you know, people think of it as being a two-way street, as being a, a reciprocated relationship. I'll be loyal to you if you're loyal to me. Or I'll get your back if you get my back. But good teammates, they don't see it that way. They see loyalty as a gift. They, a loyalty to them is they will get your back, whether you got theirs or not. They'll get yours because that is best for the team. What loyalty to them is an allegiance to something greater than themselves. And then invested is the depth of your commitment. It's understanding the difference between dabbling in interest mm. versus being invested. You know, I like to say that interested people, they'll ask questions, they're curious, and they'll be happy for your uh, good fortune. But an invested person will do all those things plus one more crucial step. They'll see your problems as their problems. And mm -hmm. they're as committed to helping you overcome your problems as they are to overcoming their own problems. And viral is uh, it's your willingness to share your enthusiasm and your positivity with others around you. And finally, mm -hmm. empathetic. You know, empathy is such a buzzword now in leadership circles. But there's a lot of truth to it. You know, people still confuse empathy and sympathy. Uh, sympathy is when you feel bad for someone else. Empathy is when you feel what it's like to be someone else. Now, empathy can lead to sympathy, but empathy mm -hmm. can also lead to tough love and to holding people accountable. And that's the skill that good teammates really possess. Regarding the buzzword topic, did you have any specific uh, research done? You have worked for years, for decades with leaders and, and employees all over the place. Maybe that was the basis yeah. of your model. It's an interesting question because, uh, you know, my background is I was a former sports coach and I worked mm -hmm. with athletes. So uh, in the beginning, discovering these uh, alive behaviors, what it started out as 
is me having the desire to have my team, my players be better teammates. And so I needed to somehow quantify that. Uh, so I started observing them. And then it got on to, I started, you know, we have a lot of uh, sports leagues in the States who they award their teammate of the year, that the other members of their team. So I started studying those individuals. Then I went out and I started interviewing them. Mm-hmm. And then I needed, thought I got to expand it more than just sports. So I started looking at teachers of the year at school districts and in schools. And then it got to be, I would look at the employees of the years. And it got to the point where I'd go into fast food restaurants like Chick-fil-A and McDonald's. And they all have that, that plaque up by their, their front registers for their teammate of the month. And I'd go in, I'd buy a, a Coke and I'd sit down at a, a table in McDonald's or Chick-fil-A and I would watch that employee, that, that teenager, that teammate work. And I would see how they interacted with people and I'd see how fast they moved and I'd see how they interacted with the other employees. And the same thing, no matter what teammate that I observed, they all had those same five behaviors. And that's mm-hmm. how I came to, to determine them. I started documenting it. It became, you know, uh, much more statistical at the end of my research. You are named on the Forbes list of 20 books to make you a better coach or mentor. So congratulations for that one yeah. as well. Thank you. That was my that was one of my books. The, the book, it was aptly titled The We Gear, How Good Teammates Shift from Me to We. And I was uh, included amongst some you know, very, very influential figures. So I was very honored to be included in that list and for have my works and my thoughts included in that. Most of uh, my clients, my referrals come from word of mouth and they're from keynote speaking events or, you know, a conference that I was at. But the reality is what I, you know, I realized very early that there's just not enough of me to go around. And, you know, there's a lot of people that could benefit having their teams and their their companies hear my message, but just simply can't, they could not afford me. So we developed this online course called the Good Teammate Factory. And what it is, it's basically, uh, you know, if you thought of a sports analogy, it's instead of going to training session that day, you sit down with your team in a classroom or a boardroom, and you go through these video modules that teach you uh, the, the alive behaviors and how you can incorporate them into your life. And if you're a manager or some kind of leadership position, how you can inspire people on your teams. And every module has an activity that you will do together. So there's some team building in there, but what there really is, is some teammate education. So from a specific entrepreneur perspective, or that individual who's trying to build their, their entrepreneurial business and they're trying to influence people in their markets, you know, the value that I bring to them uh, is this, the outside perspective.
because you're trying to grow things and you're not going to grow it by yourself. I mean, it really takes a team and you need people to be invested in you and to be invested in you. You have got to bring value to them. There has to be uh, somewhat of a reciprocal agreement there. So what I get you to do is to not see yourself as a sleazy salesman. I can get you to see yourself as becoming a partner to them, a teammate, if you will. I know that's an analogy that people understand, and you know, and sometimes they don't understand what it means to be a good teammate. Uh, but that is where the the value I do. Um, so I'll give you a great example. Um, I was at this conference just this past weekend, and there was a tech. Uh, a developer there and he's developed this amazing product I mean it really is clever that he were, where he takes different segments of movies and uh, you know clips from online television shows and YouTube and things like that and he's created this this database that's very very accessible so when you would do a sales meeting you're trying to motivate people on your sales team or you're trying to uh, put together your own PowerPoint presentation or something for a presentation or a sales pitch that you want to give as an entrepreneur Man, you spend hours and hours scouring and going down the rabbit hole trying to find the perfect ones where if you just had his product, within milliseconds, you've got the perfect videos and it's very efficient for you and time is money. You've saved yourself time by doing that. Now, he becomes a teammate to you. Now, um, what I said to him is he's struggling. He's trying to present this people to uh, connections he doesn't have. When my line of work, I speak to so many different people. I see the value of this. And, uh, you know, I tell others as word of mouth, and I'm telling them, hey, this is the product you need to look into. So maybe he sponsors me to go speak at an event. And on the screen, it says uh, brought to you by XYZ company. And now it's a win win situation. I've gotten into a conference that I can't get into. Uh, he has gotten access to an audience that he can't get into. So as an entrepreneur, you're looking to build your team, build your army of people who will talk about you and spread your message. And that's the value of you know that teammate relationship. People want to know about my, my my daily routine and you know my habits and so much of what I do my habits have come from my background in sports and in sports you know we always think uh, you know we talk about coaching and early on and there were no business coaches there were only sports coaches and we modeled our business practices after sports and, and a lot of that applies you know and you evolve it so it does apply then to business so from my background in athletics and sports uh, it's very much about routine because when you're in the heat of the moment, you're under pressure the most, you all, you panic and to avert that panic, you default to your highest level of training and you get your highest level of training by repetition, doing the basic, the fundamentals over and over and over. And the more training you have, the more comfortable you become. And then you're prepared to, to handle those unexpected challenges that others aren't because they're so immersed in being in panicking. So that is at the core of what I do. So my own habits, uh, you know, I'm constantly assessing myself. And that's another thing that comes from sports. In sports now, it's very, very much about video. 
you study your opponents, you're, you're very tactical in what trying to figure out what they're doing, you're looking at your own performance, you see the mistakes you make, and you want to learn. So you're looking at third-party games, two, two opponents, that is one of which is not you, and you're studying what they're doing. And I do that now. You know, I used to look at uh, other teams that, were, that, that my school was going to play or my team was going to play. Now I look at, like, you know, what I do a lot is comedians. You know, when you're on a stage and I've got to entertain people. So I study a lot of comedians. I'm watching Dave Chappelle videos and I'm watching old, uh, you know, <laughs> Bill Cosby. He's kind of in trouble now, but he was still a master storyteller at once upon a time. So I watch how he tells, tells stories and I watch how famous comics like Richie, Ricky Gervais is a great one. Luis C.K. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's another one's controversial, but but he's great at what he does. If you can separate the art, yeah. If you can separate the art from uh, the 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 person, then you're still able to you know. Because look, look at athletics. If you're you know football, for instance, you're studying some players who have bad attitudes. They're horrible people off the field, but they're magnificent on the pitch. And you look at that, you know, it gives you something to study. So I do that a lot. So my basic morning routine, I usually get up around 6 a.m. And the house, my house is still quiet. And I found that I do my best writing early in the morning. My mind is clear. My mind is relaxed. And uh, I try to do, I write out things early in the morning. So my ideas, and I'll get as many of them down as I can. I try not to edit what I write at that hour. And then uh, maybe an hour to 90 minutes of doing those things. I'll need a break. I'll get up uh, and then I'll come back, take a quick walk in my office, and then I'll do all my social media stuff. It's still fresh. And that is a time when lots of people are getting up. They've gotten out of the shower and they're heading into their car, heading into the office. And that's when they're checking their social media for the first time. So I'm, I'm hitting it at the ideal moment. When I finish up with that, I go for a walk every morning uh, with my wife. Now, my wife work with, works uh, with me. So we kind of think of it as a staff meeting. And we walk around our, our neighborhood here. We get some sunlight at an ideal time of the day when it really it's, you know, increasing our serotonin and those positive biochemicals we need in our body. And then I'll come back and I'll eat breakfast and I eat a healthy breakfast. Uh, and then usually I'll sit and I'll read or I'll do Wordle, something, uh, you know, fun for me. And then I get a cup of coffee and I head back into my office. And by that time, I'll, I'll spend maybe only an hour or so responding to emails and other messages. And maybe some I'll have like a request for people want me to send them signed books or things like that. And I do it then. Then I go back and I review all the writing I did early in the morning. That's when I start to edit and I think of it. And that that process usually spawns some more thoughts. So I'll go to lunch. Mm. I'll take an afternoon shower. I usually take an afternoon nap because, you know, and this is something I learned from Winston Churchill a long time ago. Mm. In my line of work, I need to be good really early in the morning. That's when problems are first happening, or, and that's usually when I'm speaking at events. And I need to be really good at night. That's when mm. I'm networking, or that's where I'm speaking at other events. So my afternoons aren't really that important to me. So I usually get that power nap in the afternoon. When I wake up from the power nap, I'll go back and I'll try and write one more time uh, before dinner. And then I'm heading out and to do whatever work needs that done that evening. Uh, ideally, I'm back at my house by maybe 11 o'clock and uh, I'll watch a little TV and I head to bed and that's it. So that's my daily routine, Martin. I don't know if it's very exciting, but I can tell you my adherence to that discipline has paid dividends for me in my, uh, my career and my productivity.
One of the, mis- the, the mistakes that I see uh, business leaders and entrepreneurs make is to become too rigid. There's, they're lacking flexibility in their life. And anybody who's ever worked with sports knows how important routine is. And you also know how much, how important flexibility is. And it's the combination of things. When you have flexibility, you prevent injuries, you maintain balance in your life. You can't just go in there rigid. If you look at boxing, for instance, you know, a boxer has got to be able to move. They've got to be agile and flexible. Gymnasts, they have to be flexible. If they come in stiff and hardened, uh, they're going to they're gonna be off balance in a number of ways. And they're going to be subject to injuries. And that those are career-ending injuries for them. Now, you take that same logic and you apply it to entrepreneurs you have to be the same thing. So if you come in hardened and rigid and stiff, number one, you're gonna project bad body language. You are not gonna be able to make those kind of connections that you need to make to be successful. And on top of that, you are gonna make yourself subject to failure by not being flexible because there's gonna be all kinds of things that come at you that you don't expect. And you can have the best routine, and it's great to stick to that routine, but often what makes a business survive, an entrepreneurial survive, is their ability to remain flexible and adapt and then respond accordingly. Those topics and a lot of other topics are in your book. Can you share a little bit about your book? They are. What my book is, is a collection of those stories. What people learn from stories, that's how we've done it through history. We've passed down stories because, you know, those are easier to remember than bullet points. Uh, so my book is what I often like to call a bathroom reader. So there's short little segments that can be read in a, a single sitting that any anybody who has a busy lifestyle, you can grab onto those in a short little amount of time. You get a story, you get a lesson that you is a practical application of that bullet point. And, and we kind of, the, the story, the book is modeled, the We Gear book is modeled in the fashion of A-L-I-V-E, the ALIVE acronym, and there's a series of stories under each of them. Now, my other books, the Teammate Tuesday series, that comes after the blog I wrote. And there's more than like, you know, I've had, there's like almost a quarter of a million people read my blog and the, the, the people like it because they're just a collection of, you know, two to three minute stories. If we were recording them on audio, that's the time. It'd be like a three minute story. It's a short podcast, um, but it has a point like this week, I wrote about sandpaper teammates. These are a type of teammate that ev- that every team needs. So, you know, you've got those people that come in. When you have conflict on a team, you have to confront problems. Well, that confrontation usually roughs up egos and causes people, you know, to be a lot of anxiety towards each other. Well, you need somebody on your team who can come in and smooth that over, be empathetic, listen to the problem, and then heal that relationship. And I like to refer to them as sandpaper teammates it's a very specific teammate that every team needs so i wrote about that and that's the story you got out of the the, the weekly blog and now i've provided people would always ask me hey uh, you know i've got an older relative or an older person who works with me they don't uh, they're not online a lot they don't do blogs can you put that in a book form and we did and we, so we even piled it's a compilation of those short little stories in a book form
If you want to learn more about me and my work and the art of being a good teammate, uh, you can check out my website, www.coachloya.com. C-O-A-C-H-L-O-Y-A. And I'm available on all the normal social media uh, channels. And I'm very, very adamant that our team responds to direct messages uh, in a very timely fashion. So we're very responsive in our team. We try to be a good teammate to you. We don't just say it. We practice what we preach. Twenty-first Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.